Okay, so here's the deal. Everybody bets 25 US dollars into the diet bet pot, and you have four weeks to lose 4% of your body weight, and everybody that meets their goal, irregardless of your starting weight, will split that pot. Welcome to Radio Irregardless, your non-standard blend of irrespective and regardless. Now please welcome to the Internet Airwaves. Really? Internet Airwaves? It's, it's okay, you can just do it. It's just, just say Internet Airwaves, it sounds really cool. Alright, sorry, I'm just... Internet Airwaves. Okay then, please welcome to the Internet Airwaves, your host, Mark Scalia. And welcome, everybody, <laughs> finally, to Radio Irregardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. And uh, as always, uh, technically proficient. That's all I aim for, is to be technically proficient, and it's never going to happen. Thank you for joining me at Radio Irregardless. This is your non-standard blend of irrespective and regardless. And if you want to leave a question... Or comment for Radio Irregardless, you can email radioirregardless at gmail.com. Skype, which I'm not currently on in this exact moment, but it's radio.irregardless. And you can even call and leave a message on our hotline, 978-219-9294. And that's how we do everything here. So I'm going to set up some things because I've had some... Uh, of course, you know, I got in a little later than I expected, and I thought I would have everything all ready, but I did not. Uh, so I'm still doing that stuff now, and that's why I sound distracted, because I am. Uh, but we are here, and you are here, and thank you for joining um, Radio Regardless. I've been working on some things. Uh, I've been very busy the past few uh, the past few days. So busy, in fact, that the show prep has <laughs> suffered slightly slightly and i do mean slightly uh, so we're gonna have some fun oh there's my niece she's on hey uh mary boo um i'm gonna do some stuff and i just literally and we're not gonna use that word as much as we used to i am going to play uh, i just just did it just now so let me see if i can do all this without uh sounding like i'm Gets mental issues. <laughs> Too late. Uh, it's fine. Uh, this is it. This is what I wanted to do. Let's uh, let's start things off well with the brand new happening monologue. What the hell is going on? You're looking at now, sir. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened to then? Past then. When? Just now. We're at now now. Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon. So soon, in fact, that it's already arrived. Um, this is the Happening Now monologue where I get to kind of just bring you guys up to speed about what's been kind of going on uh, the past uh, week or so since we last met, because last 
Wednesday, we started the show a little late. And this one, I was late by a few minutes because I was doing that brand new intro, <laughs> which I just, you know, I either I'm not busy or I'm working like a madman, which brings me to the part uh, of the show that I actually wanted to talk about. And this is actually the part that um, that means a little bit more to me, especially this particular um, happening now monologue. Uh, for those of you who know me, or for those of you listening uh, on my website, markscalia.com, thank you for listening. The past few weeks have been a little stressed uh, with work, and I don't know if it's just me or if it's just things in general, but I've been having some uh, some issues. There's a, I work for a bunch of different agents and a bunch of different clients, and it seems like the requests are more strenuous, and for the for the last month, two months, maybe three months, my job requests have been getting more and more difficult. And as a result, it's been wearing kind of heavy on me where um, my confidence has been a little little eroded. And I know this happens to, to people all the time, whether it's in a personal relationship or whether it's, uh, whether it's in a job relationship. But people tend to ride you hard and it, just, and it grinds you down to nothing. And I looked in the mirror last week, and I went, I don't recognize myself. Um, didn't know what I was looking like. And I had an epiphany, and I get them every once in a while, which are, if you haven't had one, find one. It's really good. It's really good to have an epiphany. And now I'm in this new stage now where I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. If people give me shit. Things are too difficult. If pe- It's not that things are too difficult. If things get too hectic if things get too crazy i'm not going to involve myself in the drama i do or i don't i achieve or i don't and that's it i'm not going to beat myself up about it anymore um i'm not going to i'm not going to hold it against myself i'm just going to do and ever since i've said that that little mantra my i've done a bunch of stand up gigs stand up gigs have been phenomenal like i've had the best time ever like 20 years ago forever like like that kind of great shows where I could do not do no new I couldn't do anything wrong and I would you know maybe in the past few months I'd do a show and I'm like oh, okay I'm not that I'm glad it's over but I'm okay I'm going home and I would get tired and I would burn out really quick and now I've got more energy and I feel better and I'm trying to get that contagious so the people I come in contact with um whether it's prefer- professional or business or whatever um, personal or professional, I try to convey that. I just want to be happy. Just let's be happy. And if it becomes difficult, I'll deal with it. But if it becomes dramatic, I'm not going to deal with that. That's that's a whole serious thing. And it makes me laugh. It just, it's going to be like I had a meeting the other day and it was, well, you can do this and you should do this. And I went, no, I, I can't. I can't. I've already, I already told you what I can do. I cannot change the laws of physics. Uh, and there was just a whole ration of, of shit. And I was like, you know, it is what it is. And I walked out of there going, I can't save the world anymore. And some people just got to burn. And I take pleasure in the fact that I know that I'm right in this moment of time. And that's it. So if you can, if I can offer anything to you, especially in this little piece, because then we're going to hopefully be more funny, um, stay up, stay focused, and stay open. That's it. That's all you can do. That's the best you can do. Stay up, stay focused. Stay uh, stay up, stay focused, stay open. That's it. 
So uh, that's uh, that's it. That's it. And that's how we do that thing right there. So <laughs> now let's uh, let's see what's going on this week in movie history. This week in movie history. I just want to make it sound like a, a 1940s newsreel. Um, this is the part of the show where I tell you something that happened in movie history, both past, present, and future. And uh, I've reduced the list because I think it's important to just be a little more concise, really hit what I think is funny or what I think can go, um, kind of work out a little better, and to challenge the audience a little bit to see if, if they want to play this, see if they can get these references, especially in the movie biz. So let's just start with this one. This week in 528, this is a really strange reference, Hank Martin from Connecticut is sentenced to death by bonfire by King Arthur. Having read in his pocket almanac there will be an eclipse that will occur at noon, Martin threatens that he will blot out the sun if he is not released. When his threat comes true, he is proclaimed the great wizard and dubbed Sir Boss. Does anyone know what that movie is? It's a very old movie. Uh, not very old, but yeah, 70, 60 years. Uh, in this week in movie history, 1215, the Magna Carta is issued. That's according to Billy Madison, so I'll save you the trouble. This week in movie history, 1579, Sir Francis Drake claims California for Queen Elizabeth I of England. And that was, of course, Elizabeth. This week in movie history, 1987, the Earth, this one's for Brendan, the Earth passes through the tail of Rhea M, a rogue comet, and remains there for eight days, causing machines to come alive and kill humans. <laughs> that movie was bad. The only good thing about it was the soundtrack, and I'll, uh, I'll, let this, I'll see if you guys that. Night this, uh, this week in movie history in 1998, Yes, maximum overdrive, correct. Circle gets a square. Um, this week in movie history, 1998, McLovin's ID is issued from Honolulu, Hawaii. <laughs> I think I'm coming down with a cold. My voice is starting to go. <coughs> I've been having fun. And in this, and the, finally, in this week in movie history, in 2003, Doug McRae and, and his friends rob, rob a bank in Boston. See if you get that one. Uh, I'll just give it to you. That's the town. Did anyone get the first one uh, about Hank Martin going uh, from Connecticut, going to uh, being sentenced to death by King Arthur? I'll save you the trouble. It's a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court is what that is, and that was starring Bing Crosby. So uh, here's what I'm going to do. We're moving along very quickly, and yes, your two dads, Con Yankee. Uh, yeah, Connecticut Yankee. Can oh, there's Paul. He just jumped on. Good, good, good. You're on and you're off and you're on and you're off. I don't know what's happening. Uh, but, ladies and gentlemen, here's what we're going to do. We are going to play some games tonight. I got it before you said it. I know you did. I know you did. We're going to play some games tonight. And you know something? Since you're my listening audience, and uh, this is going to be a little special treat for you because this doesn't happen. I don't normally do this. Um, of course, you know, uh, my good friend, Jigsaw from the Saw movies, um, likes to help me out because he's trying to get some work. And uh, he's decided to do some more word problems for you, to torture you. So what I'm going to do 
is I'm going to torture you, my listening audience, with Jigsaw's word problems. And of course, instead of five problems, there are only three, so you would think they'd be easier. But what he's decided to do is give you a lot of time in the beginning and less time up at the end. So it's he's just psychotic. So, so if you can get the games, see if you can get these answers. Ladies and gentlemen, Jigsaw's word problems. Remember that Jigsaw does not mess around. Here we go. Example one. Frank worked eight hours on the first four days of the week. How many hours did he work in these four days? There's the first one. Here we go. You gotta type it in. You know the answer. Type it in quickly. He's not gonna give you a lot of time for this. Here we go. 32, I think. Well, let's see. You are right. Yep. Brendan, you're right. 32. Example 2. Oh, shit. That just came out of nowhere. Sorry. Debra <laughs> is running a marathon. She can run four miles an hour. How long will it take her to run 26 miles? probably have about four more seconds or five more seconds to figure this one out. Six. Six. Is she right? Is she right? No, it's not six. It's not six. It's not six. Yes, 6.33. Actually, it's 6.5. Example three. I'll help you a little bit. (laughs) Jose cuts a piece of rope in half. Uh He then cuts one of the pieces in half. He again it's one of the smallest pieces in half. <laughs> the smallest piece of rope is three inches long. What was the length of the rope before oh. Jose made any cuts? Alright, now this is fucked up. He just this is not even even a possible game. That's not fair! Jigsaw, that's not fair. Put Put it down. Put down the razor. They're gonna get. Gotta help me. No, it's not easy. It's, it's not easy. What the fuck? Come on, just throw some numbers out there. I, I actually wrote it in the thing. Ah! What the fuck? Nothing. <laughs> he's just, he's psychotic. The, nobody got the answer? If he takes a piece of rope and cuts it in half, and then he cuts one of those halves in half, and then he cuts another half in half, 24, that is correct. And, of course, we're all dead. Thank you. You're a little late. You're a little tardy to the party. Oh, a little tardy to the party, but nonetheless, it worked out. So that was Jigsaw's word problems. <laughs> it's just, he's psychotic. He's just totally psychotic. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've seen the name of the show, 
Um, the name of the show is called We Can Bjork It Out <laughs> because my guest is an amazing comedian. Uh, Steven Bjork is actually coming on the show, and I'm going to give him a call a little bit. Um, yes, he sounds cute. Steve Bjork, yeah. Who, who, Steve or, yeah, no sequel for us. Um, yeah, Jigsaw, he's, he's just, he's psychotic. He doesn't sound cute. He's just, he's not cute. He's, he's, a, he's a mean, mean, mean guy. Um, but here's what we're going to do. Um, because I've got him, I've got, uh, Steve coming up, Steven coming up. I'm going to try one more game with you guys. This is a brand new game. Never played it. I was going to play it with Steve, but you know, some, uh, you guys are good. I want to play with you. Hey, does does anybody want to play? Shut up, just shut up, shut up, 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 shut up, shut up, shut up, just shut up. This game is called Shut Up, obviously, where I play a clip of a movie where somebody tells somebody else to shut up, and you have to guess the movie. If you get it right. Uh, I've got some interesting um, correct answers, uh, correct sounds. And if you get it wrong, I've gotten some very interesting incorrect uh, <laughs> sounds as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's play Shut Up. Are you ready to play? I've got uh, a five guests, Jason, Brendan, Phyllis, and we have a mystery guest. Plus, we have a couple people, a few actually a few people listening through the website. So here we go. And if you're listening through the website and you want to play the game, you have to actually click the speaker box that you're listening to on my website, and that will send you to our actual broadcasting site where you sign in using a Facebook address or an email address, and then you can instantly uh, become part of the show, which would be really cool uh, for you and for me. Um, and then you, they don't send you a lot of email. They, email, they just send you when my show broadcast or a show that you're following. Uh, yes, in no love for you. What? Why? Good guy. Oh, yeah, because Steve is the pride of Wilmington. He is. And we're going to go over that when he shows up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's the first uh, the first uh, sound clip of Shut Up. See if you can guess it. Fuck you, I'm fucking arresting you! That's the stupidest thing you could do! Shut the fuck up! <laughs> oh, play it again, I love it. Fuck you, I'm fucking arresting you! That's the stupidest thing you could do! Shut the fuck up! Now this is a game that the listeners will be playing against each other. So, see if you can guess that. I'll, want me to play it one more time? I'll play it one more time. Fuck you, I'm fucking arresting you! That's the stupidest thing you could do! Shut the fuck up! It was from last night's poker game. Yes, it, it actually was. Uh, no, does any training day? And no. Brendan, you did not get it right. Because you're wrong, so shut up. There you go. <laughs> Fight Club, Phyllis. Damn. I'm going to shut up. No, you got it wrong. <laughs> That was actually from The Departed. That was Leonardo DiCaprio smacking uh, Goodwill hunting around. Uh, here's the second one. You tell him for me that he can live or he can die. Vincent, will you shut up? <laughs> That's a quick one, but you'll get it. Playing it again. You tell him for me that he can live or he can die. Vincent, will you shut up? <laughs> Vincent, will you shut up? Oh, Godfather 3. You know something? You get this one. So sorry to interrupt. Proceed. <laughs> so instead of being shut up, yes, now everybody gets out of play. This one is a classic, and everyone should get this. Here we go. Hello, this is Chuck to remind Bill to shut up. <laughs> Hello, this is Chuck to remind Bill to shut up. <laughs> Phyllis, it's not Scarface. It's Godfather. <laughs> and now we're on a new one anyway. 
Night Shift. That is correct. Uh, I'll give you this one then. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Please, continue. <laughs> this one's a difficult one. See if you can get this. It's a classic movie, though. It's very old. I absolutely adore you. Shut up and deal. <laughs> no, you, you you don't have to play. <laughs> you don't have to say what the correct answers referenced. All I'm doing is playing the regular ones. So I'll play it again. I absolutely adore you. Shut up and deal. Shut up and deal. That was Jack Lemon, actually. I don't know if anyone is going to get this one. My sister may get this one. That was actually, uh, I'll just save the trouble. That was from The Apartment. And last but certainly not least. So you guys aren't doing bad. Um, you didn't get The Departed, but you did get Godfather Part 3. You got Night Shift. You didn't get the, uh, so you're missing two. You got to get this one in order to win the game. Otherwise, the entire listening audience fails. Here we go. Oh, The Apartment. Well, I don't know if you said it after I said it. Well, you know something, I'll give you credit for it. He's rocking the shit in this one. Shut up, Dave! Shut up, Dave. He's rocking the shit in this one. Shut up, Dave. <laughs> He's rocking the shit in this one. Shut up, Dave. He's rocking the shit in this one. Shut up, Dave. <laughs> All right, I played it three times. You got to get this one right because you've gotten one, two, three. You got to get this one. He's rocking the shit in this one. Shut up, Dave. <laughs> Anyone? Anyone? Nothing. You one more time. I played it four times. Here you go. One more. He's rocking the shit in this one. Shut up, Dave. <laughs> That's uh, Steve Corral yelling at Paul Rudd, and that would be the forty-year-old version. So you guys get this because you're wrong. So shut up. Nah, you are the weakest link. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is shut up. <laughs> I actually like that side quite a bit. Um, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take our first break. And when we come back from our break, we are going to listen. We are going to actually uh, make a quick little phone call to the pride of Wilmington, Stephen Bjork. Ladies and gentlemen, you listen to Radio Regardless. Love food and wine? Get to know Salem Mass in a fun and delicious way. Join me on a Salem food tour. Our five-star rated walking tour gives guests the perfect opportunity to enjoy an afternoon with friends or coworkers. Great for locals and visitors, our tours book in advance and can be crafted for your special event. For more information on our tours and to make reservations, please visit us at SalemFoodTours.com. Hi, this is Steve Scarfo, and you are listening to Radio Irregardless on Wednesday at 9, where apparently only a GED is necessary to broadcast on the internet. I am, uh, I'm a married man, happily married. You don't hear that a lot from comedians. It's not the stereotype, but... Uh... I, uh, I'll tell you this, when you're married, you got to keep things fresh, you got to spend time together. Like uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, I was feeling, you know, very romantic. I took her out, apple picking, uh, at the Shaw's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More romantic, I think, than the market basket, but that's just... <laughs> 
Ladies and gentlemen, that is Steve Bjork on uh, the on on Radio Irregardless. And joining me on the phone in person, Mr. Steve Bjork. Steve, say hi to my listening audience. Good morning, Mark. Yeah, good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Did we pre-record this? <laughs> well, no. Uh, what time is it? Yes, it's nine thirty according to my clock, but but I'm a little late. So, Steve, uh, that that was the clip. I actually got that from uh, you closing the room up at Headliners, uh, doing the apple picking joke <laughs> at Shaw's, which is very funny. And uh, a few of my listeners actually are familiar with you. They're familiar. Really? Yes, a few of them. Uh, which uh, a gentleman who you might remember, a uh, Paul Kravitz, who was doing stand up a long time ago, and is uh, sure. since since retired out of the business. Uh, but he's actually one of the listeners smart on the man. Team. Very smart man. The rest of us should take a lesson from him. Yeah, <laughs> to get out. And speaking of uh, doing things a long time, um, how long you been doing this, Steve? Have, how long you been at the whole comedy? Thing? Well. That's a, uh, it should be a simple question. Um, I actually started in 1990, in January of 1990, but um, I took uh, almost 10 years off in between. In um, 1990, uh, well, 1996, I got out for about uh, seven years, and then I was foolish enough to get back in. They, every time you're out, yeah. they pull you back in. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way it works. That's the way it works in this business. What, uh, what, made you, uh, what made you stop doing it for the six years? Well, I got I got married, and I had a stepson who was young, and I was doing all kinds of road work at that point, and I was just uh, missing so much going on at home that um, I decided to uh, just stick to New England, and I actually got a day job, and uh, by the end of the week, it would be Friday, and we'd ah, man, I don't feel like going out and doing a show, and I said, what an asshole. <laughs> there are millions of people who would you know, would give their left arm to be able to go up and tell jokes and actually get paid a pittance for it. Uh, who am I to, you know, to, to be bored with it? So I decided I should uh, get out of the way of other people. And um, as my son got older and really didn't care if I was done or not, uh, um, I just uh, started getting back up there and, uh, and got again. And we actually, I think we worked together about like six, seven months ago or something like that. It was... Uh... Where was that? It was that little hall in New Hampshire or something. It was me, you, and Chris Penny, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wasn't that the one, actually, what's that, Jesus? Is that April? Yeah. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah. But, yeah. You we, know, I think we're working again. I think we're working together on Oh, for, uh, for Mike Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's people. People are like, hey, where are you working? I go, well, I'm. I got something new. New Year's Eve. That's like six months away. I go, yeah, yeah. That's why you got to do it. <laughs> you got to book six months. But yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a fun show. Now you said you you started in January '90. I started July of 1990. So yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was I was a veteran by the time you. Started. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. At that time, you were doing shows. Probably what you doing seven nights a week, two shows a night. You know, you could do it back then. It wasn't, you know, there was what? There was five clubs in Boston alone that did seven nights a week. You could get stage every night. Yeah, and there was the big uh, Dapper Dance in Somerville. Dapper Dance, yes. I miss Dapper yeah, Dance. It was Tuesday, it was night. Tuesday night. Yeah. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. It was if if you won, you if you won the competition, you got ten bucks and you got to host the next week. And it was uh, yeah, it was like the highlight of my career at the time. Is it? It was a Billy. Was it Billy Kelly? I think it was Billy Kelly. Was it? It was Kelly. I think it. I don't even 
Paul will know. He'll type that in. I, I don't remember that name. I don't remember who booked it. Yeah, yeah, the guy who ran the who ran um, ran the whole thing. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> my memory's not so good. So I, I just typed in your uh, your Facebook. So if, if my uh, if my listening audience would like to visit your website, it's stephenbjork.com. Uh, Facebook, it's yep. uh, sta- Facebook at Stephen Bjork, and Twitter, which you say you rarely use, which I'm starting to become more and more familiar with. I like it better. It's at. I really got. I really got to start utilizing a bit of that. Oh, you can set it up so that it goes to Facebook anyway, so you don't have to do things twice. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Yeah. It's, it's, it's no. It's really cool. And uh, you're on Twitter at at stevebjorkcomic.com. Um, and the, the thing I never talked to you about is your last name. It's B, uh-huh. it's B J O R K, pronounced Bjork. Bjork. Correct. Now, what is your nationality? I'm Swedish, and I know where you're going with this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, because I've never asked. <laughs> I, I'm Swedish. The the singer who, uh, who who stole my name, she's from Iceland. She's but, yes, um, yes. And she stole my dress. Too. You know something, which uh, which is <laughs> real quick. Now that you brought this up, I want to play a really quick trivia game with you. And I, I thought of this this morning before I went out for my corporate gig this afternoon. Um, the name of this game is called Famous BJ's. Oh, all because, right. Because it's B, it's Bjork or Bjork or uh-huh. the way the singer is Bjork, whose original name, her first name is Bjork. It's Gumastan. I can't even pronounce it. It's got a lot of different symbols in it. It really does. It's got a double yeah. I over the O, and then it's got a an ampersand over the other O, and then it's got this upside-down greater-than symbol somewhere in there. I can't even... Sp- yeah, the, uh, the Scandinavians are not real particular about grammar. <laughs> but she was born November 21st, 1961, Icelandic singer-songwriter. So that's one of the famous BJs. Um, see if you know this one. Country singer, born August 7th, 1942 in Oklahoma. Grammy Award-winning pop singer. No idea. No idea. How about this one? He he actually uh, his top hits were "Hooked on a Feeling," another "Somebody Done Somebody Wrong" song, and "Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head." All oh, the listeners are killing it. It's B.J. Thomas. Okay, yeah. I'd say the couple of those songs. Right now, he did "Hooked on a Feeling," but we like the famous version that's actually coming out in the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie is done by Blue Suede, which is that's the Ooga Chaka Ooga Chaka. But yeah, he yeah. did the original. Uh, how about this one? An American membership only warehouse club. <laughs> oh, geez, that's a toughie. Uh, Costco. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it's, it's <laughs> Did, I didn't know this. They they started um, uh, they started they were chain of Zares in 1984. And they Zares? Yeah. they're the ones that did this also. Yeah, and they originated on the Medford Malden line. <laughs> I used to work at the North Reading store. I'm oh. not trying to brag, but there you go. And do you know how the company got its name? Which one, BJ's or BJ <laughs> BJ's? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm assuming it's something to do with Melissa. No, <laughs> BJ's. Uh, it was the initials of the daughter of the president with Beverly Jean Welsh, or is that? Oh, that's yes. unfortunate. Yes. Uh, and and of course, uh, how about this one? 
<laughs> a comedy series that aired on ABC and from 1979 to 1981. Created by Glenn A. Larson, famous for Battlestar Galactica. How fucked up is that? Wow. He went from the futuristic utopian society to uh, to a bear in an 18-wheeler. Yeah, and it wasn't the he was a the bear was a chimpanzee, and Greg Evigan, not to brag, but star of my two dads, uh, was actually the truck driver. And how about this one? How about this one? This one actually is uh, you'll you'll get this one. Um, he was born July thirty fourth, thirty first, nineteen seventy nine, in Newton, Massachusetts, and he's an American actor, stand up comedian, screenwriter, author, and director. Are we going with B.J. Novak? B.J. Novak will go with that. Yes, he also played Ryan Howard on The Office, yeah. as well as appearing in Glorious Bastards, Saving Mr. Banks, and, of course, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And, of course, you already yeah. mentioned one of the most famous blue, uh, B.J.'s, uh, famous B.J.'s, Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> so there we go. And uh, that was, that's, the famous, <laughs> that's the famous B.J. story. <laughs> but I, this, yeah, what was, just, uh, just a little what was, what, what was it? Listen, here's a little trivia for you. What was the, uh, the color of Monica Lewinsky's famous dress? Blue dress. It was a blue dress. O- originally. Originally. Uh, originally was it? Uh, oh, yeah, because she dyed it. It was originally. Oh, I want to say it was. Uh, well, I want to say green, but it's probably going to be red. No, oh, why would it go from red to blue? No, it was, no, it was blue. It was a, it, yeah, the original dress was blue. Yeah. yeah. I just met originally before it was tarnished. <laughs> no, no one knows, Steve. No one knows. <laughs> so, yeah, so you've been doing it forever. And, of course, everybody, a uh, bunch of my listeners, um, uh, I, was, I actually was doing some research because that's how I got the clip of you. And you actually got an award from Wilmington because you're like the Wilmington guy and you've been doing, you've done some fundraising. No, you've done some fundraising, some wonderful things. What was the, uh, what was the high honor that you got from the city of Wilmington? It was called the good guy award. And it's, uh, it's actually, it's a pretty cool deal. I thought it's much cooler before they get into the announce. Just <laughs> the, standard, the standards have just fallen. But, um, <laughs> What they do is they recognize, and they do it every year, they recognize somebody in the community who kind of goes above and beyond and does, um, you know, does a whole lot to make community what it is. And uh, it was, uh, obviously, I, I, I kid around, but it was a, it was a great honor, and uh, I'm thrilled that, uh, that I was chosen. And they give that out every year? Yeah, every year, and it's amazing. You know, um, I actually um, attended a, a number of them, uh, they MC it now every year. Uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, they, they, go, they, they go all out for it. There's a couple hundred people to show up. Um, and it's amazing they're able to find people every year. This is, uh, Wilmington, Massachusetts, I gotta tell you, is a, uh, is a fantastic town. I, I feel very, uh, very happy to be with my family in this, in this town. And how long, how long you been, uh, you been in Wilmington? I actually grew up here. But then I, uh, yeah, I moved out uh, for college and then uh, lived in Boston for a number of years. Um, <laughs> for a couple minutes. Um, <laughs> and then uh, when I was able to buy a house, I, uh, I just moved for a house in Wilmington. Very nice. And the good guy. So actually, so in this, this particular house I've been in since 97. Since 97. So you are the true Wilmington son. Come home. I am. Uh, I'm a tummy. You are the two. 
See, my wife is trying to get me to adopt Salem in the same form, and I think uh, I think I'm gonna have to. I think I'm gonna have to just go. Yeah, okay, uh, I live here because I don't like to be great. I, I went to school in Salem. I love Salem. Salem's a great town. Salem is a great town, and I I completely you know I like the town. I just my thing is to be anchored to like I don't mind. I like being affiliated with Boston, but uh, you know to be you know the you know, I mean, like Bob Marley is the main comic. Um, right. You know, you'd say like Steve Sweeney is the Boston, or Lenny Clark is the Boston comic. Um, the in that you're the Wilmington comic. Like people go, oh Wilmington, oh yeah, Steve lives, lives, he lives right down the street. Oh, oh yeah, you- the Wilmington comic. There's, there's a lot of people trying to be, get that get that title. You know, it's coveted. Not everybody gets a fucking award, Steve. Come on, <laughs> I didn't even I didn't get a key to the city when I moved here. <laughs> I got a tax bill. That's what I got. They go, oh, you want to live here? Here you go. It's uh, it's a lot of money to live here. And I went, what are you insane? So, <laughs> but uh, now I actually wanted to bring this up too, um, because as I was going through your stuff, and I, I researched the guests, and we, we've known each other for a long time. Um, but your act is you, you adapt your act, you change your act, you write new jokes on all the time. And as of my travels, I went to your website, and you have a really interesting. Um, uh, subdirectory or a link in your and on your website, it's Tales from the Road. Am I getting that correct? That is correct. Tales from the Road. And I, if the yeah. listening audience has a chance, well, before you go, you actually have to hear because when I visited uh, Steve's website, which I'm typing in right now, it, when I visited Steve's website, I that's one of the first things I didn't visit. Would you tell our listening audience? <laughs> The tale that's actually posted, or one of the tales is posted about. I think it was you were in Oklahoma. Am, am I get? Am I guessing? Um, you know, you talked about the one where I was in Nebraska eating breakfast. Nebraska, that's right. You were eating in, in a restaurant in Nebraska. So please tell, because it's a very funny story. Would you tell? <laughs> I mean, I read it and I'm like, oh shit, yeah, that could happen. That could totally happen. So. <laughs> But tell our listeners, because it's, it's going to come better from the author's mouth. So you, you go on with that. You are the, well, now, look, most of these, the essays that are on the Tales from the Road, 90% of them, okay, well, I shouldn't admit to that much, but most of the uh, most of this is true. Most of these are completely true. Some of them have a little, uh, a little bit of fantasy in them. Um, do you want me to tell it how it actually went? Do you want me to tell it how it's, uh, how it's, <laughs> how it's portrayed? Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll let you... Let me do it this way. Let me do it this way. Let me give it. a little bit of setup. At this point in my life, this is, uh, this was the early 90s. I was doing a whole lot of work. Um, and especially the deal back then was what it would be was you'd go, you'd get a bunch of one-nighters during the week, and then, um, you know, weekend, uh, weekends at a club, and then you start the one-nighters again. And you might be out, like, for five to six weeks at a time sometimes. Um, so you'd, you'd have to drive, because you've got to have your car with you. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> here I am cruising uh, along the highways in the Midwest, and I think it was twelve hours between gigs. Like from uh, it was a Sunday to a Monday, if I remember right. So I'm driving, checking this hotel in uh, York, Nebraska, which um, that would be an idea of how big I was at that time. I was, you know, I was doing just just the A rooms, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so. I check in the hotel. I try to I try to go to bed, but I, you know, just from all that adrenaline, all the coffee and all the driving, yeah, yeah. there was no way I could sleep. So, three in the morning, I went to uh, Denny's uh, because I, I value quality. Oh, hi, and, Denny. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. 
It's from a movie. Oh, hi, Denny. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hi, Denny. There you go. Sorry. So it's like three in the morning. I sit down, and it's just me and I think one other lady. And look, she's sitting at the table. She's smoking cigarettes one after the other, and she's got a uh, box of powdered donuts on the table <laughs> that she bought at a like at a supermarket. <laughs> and she's the only thing she's getting from Denny's is the coffee, and they're they're putting up with it. And she's got uh, she those pictures you see in Walmart that you go no nobody nobody actually looks like that. <laughs> That was this lady, and she was she was insane, and she was uh, she was talking to somebody in the seat across from her, but there was nobody there. Okay. Um, so all of a sudden she starts yelling, "Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it!" And I, I look over her and made the had the misfortune to make an eye contact, and she and she, uh, and she said she goes okay. She says, do me a favor, will you tell him to stop the coffee? Uh, I said, okay. Uh, I said, hey, sir, I think, you're, I think your coffee's all stirred. I think it's good. You're all set. And uh, I turned around and tried to pretend like everything was fine. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like two seconds go by, and she goes, ha, at the empty chair. And she goes, he put you in your place. <laughs> and I said, okay. Within a couple minutes... I hear her like whispering, like a stage whisper. Yeah. He is not an asshole. He's a nice guy. <laughs> so I put my silverware and I turned around and I go, excuse me, did he just call me an asshole? <laughs> <laughs> she, she looked at me and she goes, yes, he did. Yes, he did. He called you a big one. <laughs> so I jumped out of my chair and I knocked the empty chair over where a friend was supposedly sitting and I pretended to beat the shit out of the guy. <laughs> <laughs> rolled around on the floor with she's trying to pull me off stop you'll kill him you'll kill him <laughs> <laughs> so, so I stood up and uh, I just got to rub my, my lip as if he got a good shot in it too yeah. I said that'll teach him <laughs> and then I went back to my thing <laughs> and the next thing I know she's just kind of walking out the door and all the wait staff was very nice to me for the rest of the meal oh god that's hysterical that is so fucking funny. That is like that's something you should put in a movie because it's so fucking bizarre that it's probably true. And people don't realize it. You tell people stories like this, they go, "That didn't happen." You go, "No, it happened. It had. To, it happened." Oh did you have to read about the? Uh, did you read the, the essay where I fell off a cliff? No, I only, I made it through that story and I was laughing too hard and then I had to go. But tell me, tell me about that story. This is absolutely what I'm going to tell you is a hundred percent true, and you might even have heard about it actually because it kind of was stories making the rounds in Boston for a while. Uh, I was doing a gig on uh, I probably shouldn't say which island it was. It was an island off the Cape Cod. It wasn't Nantucket. Yeah. And <laughs> okay. Um, I do the show, and after the show, I'm having a couple drinks and and I'm hanging out with the wait wait staff and the bartender. And I know the crowd's gone. The show's over. The crowd's gone. The bartender breaks out moonshine from under the bar <laughs> and he starts pouring shots of moonshine and this, uh, I, I was like okay I'm good so I had a couple I don't know three four of them uh, along with you know accompanying beers and uh, I realized within moments I'm going to become a blithering idiot <laughs> so I don't want to like you know you know you don't want to yeah. get drunk at the gig because it makes you look very unprofessional right so but, but, you know, I better make my exit. So 
I leave. I, I say, yeah, good night to everybody, and I leave. And I walk out. Here's the way that the, the, the gig was set up. It was a showroom. It was attached to a hotel. And the hotel was actually a bunch of little cottages. Okay? So I walk out of the showroom, and I can either make the right and go to my cottage, or I can go up the driveway, make a right. Like So I got a 90-degree to go uh, west <laughs> or go north and then east. Yeah. And I'll hit beach. I think, you know what, a walk on the beach, that's a great idea. I'll sober up. Yeah, that's a great idea. That. <laughs> but here's what I did. Instead of taking the road, I decided to take a shortcut and go through these, uh, like, marshes. Oh, right? no. So I'm walking, and it is absolutely pitch dark. I can't see a thing, and I'm walking, and I'm walking. And uh, I'm way more buzzed than I should be. And I'm going uphill. And the next thing, though, I take a and there's nothing under me. <laughs> I go, I go head over, head over, head over, rolling down this embankment <laughs> and into this like little stagnant river. And I stand up and I'm covered from head to toe in muck, mud, and seaweed. And all of a sudden, I don't want to go to the beach anymore. <laughs> so, After many attempts, I managed to scale my way back up the up the up the cliff, and I start heading to my little cottage. And it me so funny there was a pool there. So here I figured I'll do it: jump in the pool, clean off, yeah. go back to the cottage. Oh no! So now I am in a in a stupor. I'm looking around for a pool. I can't find a pool. But what I do see is this fenced-in area attached to a little cottage. So I figured this must be this must be the cabana. You can go through the cabana even into the pool. So I try the door, it's unlocked, I open up the door, I walk into a very, very dark room, I can't make out anything yet, but I hear someone snoring. I walked into someone's little cottage. No. Yes. And as the light that's filtering into the door starts to, things start to make sense, <laughs> I can see the bed right in front of me, and right at the foot of the bed, on a bureau, is a uh, little college refrigerator. And I figure, and that's when I realize how hungry I am. Oh, God. <laughs> so, it's not getting better. I'm, tell, I'm telling you this is all 100% true. So I go oh over to God. the refrigerator, I open it up, and in there is a whole bunch of cold cuts. <laughs> so I pick up the cold cuts, and then it occurs to me in this stupor that I'm in that if I take the cold cuts out of the room, I've stolen them. <laughs> so, so that I don't become a thief... I stand at the foot of his bed and start eating a sliced ham, one slice after the other. I figure, again, if I don't take him out of the room, I haven't stolen him. Right. I'm just sharing. Right. So I must have been there. He must have had a half a pound of ham. I ate, I left, I think it was about two slices left. I started feeling guilty. Oh, I better put these back. Was this guy, was this time, guy in the bed? The guy is right, the light right behind me. <laughs> I mean, really, if, if I reached over, um, I could touch his. I could touch his foot. Oh so I wrap, I, I wrap the things back up, and I put it in the in the fridge. And that's when I noticed that the wrappers and the and the fridge now are all covered with mud. Oh God! I, I forgot. I forgot. I'm covered with mud. You forgot to take a sh so, to pool dip. Yes, yeah, so I close. I close the. Uh, I close the refrigerator. And uh, there's mud all over the outside of the refrigerator, and there's muddy footprints where I walked in. So I leave, <laughs> like and I close the door. I got away with it. I got away with it. I got back to my own cottage, uh, and went, you know, showered and went to bed. But to this day, 
there's somebody that is after convinced and has told his friends and family that there is a swamp creature <laughs> who eats cold cups. Fucking man thing just came into my cottage. Yeah, exactly. I'm telling you right now, that guy locks his door every night. Uh, I would imagine, because that's a creepy fucking story. <laughs> I don't know what's yeah. funnier, you you thinking through it or the, or the shit that's happening around you. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, it doesn't really bode well for my character. No. Not really it. You know something? If Wilmington finds out about that, you're a good guy. Yeah. Awards. <laughs> we'll be for It'll be taken away. It'd be, be like the first time in history Wilmington revoked the good the good guy award. <laughs> hey Steve, I'll tell you what we're gonna do. Let's take our let's take our second break, and when we come back, uh, we're gonna play a quick game that I know you're gonna love and my audience is gonna love too. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Radio Irregardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. We will be right back. At a wedding toast, he confessed to giving the bride chlamydia. People know him as that guy. He'll ask about your children at a urinal. He once approached an undercover officer for drugs in front of a police station. He is the most inappropriate man in the world. I don't often drink beer, but when I do, it's at an AA meeting. Stay thirsty, my friends. Hey, you, this is Steve Halligan, and you are listening to Radio Irregardless with Mark Scalia. For some reason, I don't even know why. I am sitting in my car on a bridge contemplating if I should jump. I'm going to listen to the show, and if it keeps depressing me the way that it is, I'll jump, but you should enjoy yourself. To leave a question or comment, call the Radio Irregardless hotline at 978 978- Two one nine nine two nine four. And ladies, ladies and gentlemen, you are back listening to Radio Irregardless, and that was Steve Halligan, who's just completely insane. I love the man. Um, so where was I? Oh, I know where I was. Swamp thing. <laughs> <laughs> that guy he's gonna be like 90 and he's just gonna wake up just he's gonna be on his deathbed holding his, his wife's hand and she's gonna go is there anything you want to know he goes have you found the swamp creature that ate my cold cuts <laughs> back in the mid-90s yeah i'm telling you that guy wakes up in a cold sweat at least once a month <laughs> and his wife's going nothing happened i'm telling you it was a swamp creature <laughs> <laughs> it was a thing and it it was real damn it it was real all right i'll tell you what steve um here's what we got and the, the listening audience <clears throat> excuse me the listening audience is uh you're going against the listening audience this is a a quick game it's more of a trivia thing because i want to talk a little bit more about swamp creatures and shit like that um this is a game called boston you're my home and do i have it oh my did i I think I got it. Yeah, there it is. Um, where I played this game once before. This is, this is only the second time I've ever played with uh, with another comic. And what I do is I've actually pre-recorded this. And um, the the movie, it'll be a comedian who's been in movies. And the movies are in chronological order from past to present. And let's see how quick you are. I think um, 
when I played this with PJ Walsh, he got it on the first clue. Like, bam, he heard the first clue, and that was it. So we'll see how good you really are. Are you ready to play Boston? You're my, yeah, you ready to play Boston? You're my home? All right, let's find out. All right, let's do it. All right. Here we go. I'm going to tell you a story. It's like a 30-second intro. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about my town. Here we go, everybody. I'll do a short intro next time. <laughs> and here we go. 1993 Demolition Man, Edgar Friendly. 1994 The Ref, Gus. Oh, Dennis. Dennis Leary, correct. 1997, Suicide Kings, Lono Vecchio. Yeah, Suicide Kings. Yeah. 2002, Ice Age, yeah. Diego. Of course, he played Diego as well, which is a weird stretch. <laughs> 2012, and The Amazing Spider-Man, Captain Stacy. Captain Stacy, that's right. That was Dennis Leary. You got it in the second one. Not bad, though. Not bad. Second one. Second one, not bad. And uh, I'll go through them again just so you get them. Uh, it was 1993 Demolition Man. He played Edgar Friendly. 1994 in The Ref. He played Gus. 1997 Suicide Kings with Lano Vecchio. Uh, 2002 he played Diego uh, in Ice Age. And in 2012, Amazing Spider-Man played Captain Stacy. Gwen Stacy's dad, who uh, he died. He died. Oh, He's- well, that's great. Nice spoiler. Yeah, he, he stayed alive in Demolition Man and The Ref, Suicide Kings, and Ice Age, and he gets to die in one movie. It was a good death scene, though. It was a good, it was a good death. It was a good death. So you are you won the game. That's good. You didn't have to go through all five clues, which is good. You got on the second clue, so you were my second uh, out of all the games we played, which are two. You are in second place. <laughs> All right. Well, that uh, makes me feel better. You were in second place. I was gonna play "Shut Up," but I played it with the uh, I played it with the audience because we we have it. Yeah, you know, I heard, and I got to tell you, if you didn't put um, "Night Shift" on there, I was gonna be very upset. Yeah, <laughs> I still. That's it's just a great. Hello, this is Chuck to remind Bill to <laughs> shut up. <laughs> and then he's in the cast. <laughs> then he's in the drop. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> shut. He plays like six times. I still I own that movie on DVD. I love that movie. I do too. It's a classic oh, movie. I would you get it on Blu-ray. Oh, are you getting another call? Are you, it's ten no. o'clock. Are you no. getting another call? <laughs> no, I'm good. I think it might be you. Is it me? I don't, wait a minute. Is it me? Hold on. No. 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 Yo, Mark, if it is, you're in the middle of a radio show. <laughs> Let it go to voicemail. It's no, not Billy Downs giving you a gig. Oh, that is. <laughs> no, it's Billy Downs telling me he's going to pay me from '92. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> it's Billy No Money Downs. So, um, let's uh, let me do this because I had something else I had planned. Where is it? I don't know. I lost it. I, I keep putting stuff down. I actually, um, uh, I wanted to ask you before you got into comedy, what were you doing? How how did you get started in comedy? Let me ask you that question. I, I don't think we went over that. I was a uh, I was a college student actually. Um, really, here's the deal. I always wanted, always, always, always uh, wanted. That's what I wanted to do was be a stand up comic. And uh, 
So when I was in college, I went to Salem State, um, and I heard this ad, this new comedy uh, club opening up called Stevie T's in oh Middleton. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I didn't know how to get into stand-up, so I got a job there as a doorman to kind of figure out, you know, what, what do you do? How do you, how do you, how do you start? And uh, worked there as a doorman for a couple of years and then took the, uh, took the plunge and got on stage. That was the only that's room. It, that's a whole that, story. That room actually closed just before I got to play it. Yeah, they they actually uh, cited that for a reason. <laughs> you know? Do you know what that room is now? Yeah, it's a daycare. It's center. a daycare or center. All the debauchery <laughs> and the the Sodom and Gomorrah that happened in that place, and now mm-hmm. they have children in there. Yeah, I'm telling you, there's the ghost of uh, Kevin Meany in there tormenting children. <laughs> wow, that's 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 irony, like giving somebody a good guy award or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do you do a lot for the women. You do because you do um you were doing shows at the Elks, doing fundraisers for the Elks for them for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. you you deserve that award. You really do. I'm teasing you. I, I, I'm, 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 I think you're trying to convince yourself. No, I'm a little envious because I didn't get a. I, I mean, I've got a bunch of fuck you awards. I've got a ton of them. Well, <laughs> you take pride in that. No. <laughs> all you got to do is cut somebody off in the middle of a highway. That's all. You get one of them. <laughs> so, no, you do, you do way shittier things than that. Don't, don't sell yourself short. I do what? You do way shittier things than that. Don't sell <laughs> yourself short. <laughs> I thought you said you do a lot of trivia. You do a lot of trivia stuff, and you're helping people. I I don't know how I got that out of that, but it was suggestive for me. So I, I'm going to go with the thing I think instead of the thing you actually said. <laughs> hey, I don't mean to uh, to um, you know, fuck your uh, your your tight scheduling or anything. But yeah, actually, do you know that irregardless is not a word? Oh my God! Of course, I say it's not a word. The name of the the name of the show is Radio Regardless, and I at the top I say it's the not it's your non-standard blend of irrespective and regardless. And every time the sh- every time the show opens, um, before the music, I play a um, a clip of somebody using the word irregardless. Um, and I've okay. done, I've done so much. Let's see, I have I have uh, enough for one. Uh, these are and these are real people saying irregardless, and the show's been going people on. People use it all the time. Yeah, I mean they used it in, in Barney Miller, American Dad, American Chopper. Um, a band made a song of it. Judge Judy it was on. Judge Judy it was on. Kathy Lee and Hoda. Uh, it was in Mean uh-huh. Girls. Rand Paul actually said it. RuPaul actually said it. Uh, it was used a co- couple times in The Sopranos. Um, it was on The View a couple times. Um, I haven't even played all the good ones yet. I still have a one, two, three. Oh, this one I did. Oh, last week I had Matt Barry and I played. There's a, a group called CCC 420, and they said irregardless as they're, they're going <laughs> smoking pot. But yeah, it's uh, no. I get. I get. It's ironic. Right. Well, I don't get. I don't get any shit from uh, from anybody. But I think when I told people, oh yeah, you do a show called Radio Regardless, they go. Uh, you know it's not a word. I go well. Technically, it is a word. It's just not a good word. It's it's not. It's, it's just not accepted. It's not an acceptable word. It's like the word "framily," <laughs> <laughs> which I can't fucking stand that. But the little I'm telling you, the hamster's grown on me. The hamster in the ball, grown on me, grown on me. 
So, hey, I, I want to ask you one more thing. Now, you said uh, you you stopped doing comedy for about six years and got married. How did you yeah. uh, how'd you meet your wife? Was it through comedy or was it? No, actually, uh, I met my wife. She, my, I actually, my sister was friends with her for a long time, and I never met her. I met her um, through Twitter and kind of get to know her. And, uh, started dating, and, and that was it. I mean, she, by the way, she knew I was a comedian, supported my being a comedian. When I decided to give it up, it had nothing to do with it. I mean, she was all for it. She had nothing, you know, it was, had nothing to do with any pressure from her. Just I, I wanted to make sure yes. that I provided the right, the right life. Um, so she was never, she, you know, it was all completely my decision. I, I didn't, I didn't make it sound like I got married, so I had to give it up. <laughs> I, got, I got married, so I decided to give it up. Well, it, it's your your, your story is kind of similar to my like my wife was friends with my sister in high school and we never met so so it's just she was friend of a friend friend of your sister so and you you guys knew each other for a while like growing up well no we no I never I never met her well what that matter I I knew right away I was hooked on her like the, the from the moment I met her oh. um, and uh, so we started dating after we met. Uh, Steve, I, I you know something? I, I definitely think it's your phone. You're squeaking. Uh, I got an, I got the earpiece going. That might be a problem. Oh, it's is it Bluetooth? Yeah, I hate Bluetooth. <laughs> it's like, I know. I know. It's not like Batman. Just oh, is then. it mostly is it mostly okay? Or is... Yeah, it's just every once in a while it peaks and squeaks. That's all. Okay, all right. That's I'm all right. To keep my head in one position. <laughs> what are you What are you bouncing <laughs> your head around for? Oh, you're animated. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I was going to end on something funny, but um, we'll go with that. So, <laughs> we're, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our last break. And when we come back, you're going to get to hear an extended uh, little clip from uh, my uh, guest, Steve Bjork. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Radio Irregardless. We shall be returning soon, very soon. job he's ever had has been a paper route. He runs to mommy and daddy every time he has a boo-boo. On dates he has the woman cut up his vegetables. He once spent 18 hours in a basement playing World of Warcraft just to get the Scarab Lord achievement. He is the most immature man in the world. I don't often go to bed without supper, but when I do, it's because I've been bad. Stay thirsty, my friend. You're listening to Radio Irregardless with Mark Scalia, because obviously there's nothing else to do on the internet than this. I guess in and itself is an accomplishment. So congratulations. You've finally done something with your lives. To leave a question or comment, call the Radio Irregardless hotline at 978-219-9294. No matter how compatible you are with your significant other, there are times where the two genders are going to part company. And I, the prime example, in my opinion, is uh, is how we like to spend our spare time. Guys, if we have some spare time, every once in a while, 
we might like to do nothing. <laughs> right? See, I see some guys nodding. That's exactly right. We like nothing. We like nothing a lot. And women don't get this. Because right? you're always doing stuff. Right? You're always doing this, and you're doing this at the same time, because you can multitask. You don't see the joys of nothing. I'm telling you, ladies, right now, if you walk in the living room, there's your beloved husband on the sofa, Slumped over, staring off into space, a little bit of drool coming out. He has not suffered a stroke. He's a happy man. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is Steve York's comment on the difference between men and women enjoying their off time. And before we let uh, our wonderful comedian go, a couple things I wanted to ask you about. First thing, I would love to hear. Now, you've got an extensive career, even though there's some time in the middle that breaks it up. Um, Tell us, now, you've already told us about a couple fun stories, but I would love for you to tell me and my listening audience your best gig and worst gig stories, and you have to start with the best gig because the worst gig is always going to be a better story. Uh, the worst gig is a way better story. <laughs> the best gig, quite frankly, is... Um, I, I don't know that I'd, I'd call it one gig. <laughs> my favorite role in the country right now is the Bogata Casino. I'm going to be down there in two weeks. It's a fancy room. It fills up every single night, and it's just a great crowd. I love that. Uh, I love that place. The Borgata. So that's the best. That's easy. Um, the uh, the worst gig? That's pretty easy too, actually. Uh, <laughs> South Bend, Indiana. South Bend, Indiana. The, oh yeah, it was a one nighter, hole in the wall um, club, and. They set up the tables. There were banquet tables to a table, and it was filled with um, Notre Dame students. Right? And in South Indiana, at least at the time, it was legal to sell Everclear. If you're not familiar with Everclear, Everclear is 190 proof clean alcohol. What? Yes. And all these Notre Dame students were all pounding down shots of Everclear. Now, the bar obviously had some experience with this because they sold, they sold the shots in little plastic shot glasses, like nice pool cups. Um, so I'm on stage. I've been up there for probably 10 minutes, and there's this one table of students in the front, just out of the lines, and one of them's just, and you could smoke in the room at the time, another great attribute of this, yeah. this gig. <clears throat> and this kid's just sitting there flicking his back, playing with his lighter, and I said, I see him. On the corner of my eye, I see him make the connection. He's looking at his lighter, then he looks at the shot. Then he looks at his lighter, looks at the shot. He goes and he lights the shot. Oh. He's going to do a flame shot. However, it's a plastic NyQuil cup, so the plastic <laughs> melts immediately. <laughs> Everclear, Everclear covers the table, engulfs all of the other shots on the table. So the table is there flames <laughs> like foot high. <laughs> And students, in unison, in complete and utter synchronicity, they just kind of gasp and they back up six inches. That's they all. That's their whole survival instinct. That's all they got left that's in their brain. The, that's their defense. <laughs> I'm on stage. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I mean, am I supposed to, you know, get everyone uh, single file line? Last one out, close the windows. I don't know. But before I can even react, the bartender just casually jumps over the bar, grabs a fire extinguisher. <laughs> he douses the table, puts off the flame. The table's so close to the stage, I have foam all over me. 
And he just goes back to the bar, grabs 10 more shots of Everclear, sets them all up again. <laughs> that's, oh, wow. That's a good idea. Oh, I my have God. About a half, I have about a half hour left to do. 